Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out First United Methodist Sweetwater's website and social media. Now, here is Pastor Ryan Strebeck. The gentleman who's coming to preach uh, in our midst today. So uh, Ken Becker is a church member here. He's our lay leader, uh, and you know him and the many hats that he wears. Uh, but it's a joy to introduce him as a friend, as a neighbor, uh, as a fellow church member. And he has been a, a real ally for us, not only in our congregation, but in West Texas and other Methodist churches when we need guest preachers, when pastors are out of town or pastors are sick in the surrounding areas, one of the people they call is Ken Becker. And so sometimes you don't see him here on a Sunday because he may be out in Lorraine or he may be in Blackwell or he may be somewhere else preaching to help fill the pulpit. So we really appreciate that. And and so I don't ask him to preach here very much because of that. Uh, But today I think we're in for a treat. And Ken, if if you'll come up here, uh, we're excited to have you. Before we go into the scripture, I don't know if any of you have this issue, but while I was working on this last night, trying to go over it for the 14th, 15th time, something got put in my head, and I'm always kind of scared about those things because sometimes it's me interjecting something. And sometimes I struggle on whether or not it's God, the one doing the interjection, but we're going to assume that it was God. Because over the years, I've struggled with praying. Uh, And God, over time, has helped me understand that my prayers, it may not be everybody else's, but my prayers, he said, just make it a conversation with him. So I'm going to start us out that way this morning. Please bow with me in a conversation. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the sunshine, the flowers, the water that you've sent us. We thank you for the air that we breathe. Thank you for the relationships in our lives, the people that we help, the people that help us. We thank you for the Christian pastors all over the world. We ask that you be with them and their families and put up your shield to block off the devil's advances. Give us the strength to do the things you want us to do and remind us as you put someone in front of us, Lord, it's our responsibility to take care of them and not walk around them because we're too busy. We pray this all in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Lord, thank you for this day. Amen. Our scripture today comes to us from Mark 5, 21 through 43. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was at the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed with life. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed against him. As a woman was there, had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up from behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, and I thought this was quite interesting, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. 
Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that the power had gone from him. He turned around to the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding around you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembled with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they had said, Jesus told him, do not be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, just asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. And at this they completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Let's first set the stage. Let's look at Mark, or sometimes referred to as John Mark. Mark was a follower of Jesus, close friend of Peter and Paul. Mark also followed Paul, Barnabas, and traveled with them on their first mission uh, journey. He later abandoned them parted ways with the journey, and created a little conflict between Paul and Barnabas. Mark's mother Mary, no, not the Mary you're thinking of, allowed her home to be used for Christians to gather. Mark's recording of the life of Jesus was mainly through the eyes of Peter and through his own eyes witnessing the activities of Jesus. It reminds me that we don't need to be perfect to be part of Jesus' family and teachings. Even his closest followers of Jesus had varied paths. When we look at this passage, we see three different things that Jesus was discipling up upon. First, if we'll think back two weeks ago when Ryan spoke on Mark 5, 1 through 20. Jesus was returning and getting out of the boat. He had been across the lake and removed the evil spirits from the man called Legion, allowed the spirits to enter the pigs, and then they rushed down the steep banks into the lake and drowned. The people of the town weren't really sure what was happening. And in verse 17, then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. The next two characters are what we'll focus on today. We'll see in the story that there was a little girl on her deathbed and a woman who has been sick for a very long time. Think about what was going on, getting ready to happen. Jesus was on a mission, and during that mission, he was going to be interrupted. 
he was going to deal with life and death issues in two very different situations. Think about how each one of us might handle that interruption. Jesus was departing from the boat and was approached by Jairus, the father of the dying girl. Jairus asked Jesus to lay his hands on her to heal her. Then, while on his way to see the young girl, we are introduced to another character who has been suffering for more than 12 years. She had heard about Jesus and found through, or fought through the crowds just to touch his outer garment. Can you imagine the faith that someone must have to believe that by a single touch they could be healed? Jesus is touched by someone, and he wants to know who it is. Jesus stopped in the middle of his mission to heal the dying girl. In other words, Jesus was again interrupted. This made me think of my life. How many times have I been so laser-focused on a task or a mission that I missed the many opportunities along the way? How many times have I missed being the body of Christ for someone else? As Ryan and I were visiting about this message a few weeks ago, he mentioned that if you follow the activities of Jesus, he was always busy, but never too busy and never too much of a hurry. He was ready, willing, and able to allow the opportunities to present themselves and that he would be available to handle whatever came up, even if it interrupted his journey. What about us? Are we willing to relax, to take time out of our busy lives, to enjoy or appreciate the beauty of life, to stop and smell the roses? As important as we think we are, it's more about the opportunities we miss, the people we miss, the lives that could be a part of a changing by allowing an interruption to be a helping hand to someone else. Where have we failed in the lives that God has put in front of us? We don't know that maybe by saying hello or opening a door for someone, that that may be the life-changing event that started with a simple act of kindness. How many times have we asked someone, how are you doing, as we busily walk past them, hoping they don't respond? What happens if they needed to talk to somebody and we chose to just go on because we were too busy? Maybe we were the only face of Jesus they may have seen. What did that face look like? Looking back to Matthew 25, 42 through 45, For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They would answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in a prison, and did not help you? Jesus would reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. As we get back to the woman who touched him, this lady was bold in what she did. She lived in a time where women are not supposed to approach someone else. A man is supposed to introduce that woman to someone else. This lady's faith was so strong that it allowed her to break through traditional activities to touch his garment. Another conversation is to notice how observant Jesus was 
even in a crowded place, with people bumping into each other, that he would notice one woman that needed his help by a single touch. Think back to verse 34. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Without our faith, where would we be? Without the faith of this woman, she would still be suffering. Several weeks ago, I was returning from a business meeting in Frisco, and a rock hit my windshield and broke it. Many years ago, I hate to admit, I would have responded by many, many four-letter words. I would have added a little bit of self-pity and wondered why this happened to me and how inconvenient it was going to be. Seeing that it didn't force me into the reaction the devil expected, the windshield went from a small chip to a 20-inch shatter. You see, the devil was throwing stones, and I didn't react to how he wanted me to, to do, so he made it worse. I used what he wanted to be bad to be part of something good. When it happened, I decided to use the interruption as part of a message instead of a disruption for his pleasure. God works in our lives, even in the little things. God used this instance as a teaching moment for me and hopefully for others. I will tell you I didn't learn that very well because while we were in Colorado last week, I had two instances that were 180 degrees away from this one. I was not so kind. Jairus, the father of the dying daughter that approached Jesus to lay his hands upon, was now informed that his daughter had died. Jesus heard the news and said something very profound. Don't be afraid. Just believe. He later tells everyone that she is just sleeping. He touched her hand and asked her to get up, and she does. Jesus also gave strict orders to, to not let anyone know about what had happened. Jesus didn't always do things for the public to see. This may be another piece of advice we need to take from these scriptures. How many times do we do other, see others or ourselves doing something good, but only because someone else is watching. Others see that I am doing for others. Jesus shows us and tells us many times in the Bible that we need to help others. What we do for someone can be judged by the reason we are doing it. Our motives do matter when it comes to Christian action. Did we choose to do something for someone only because people were watching us? Remember what it says in Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our words may not always be heard, but our actions are seen by those around us. What do others see of us? Henry Nguyen was a Dutch Catholic priest, professor, writer, theologian that was born in the 1930s and later died in the 1990s. He taught in academic institutions such as Yale, Harvard, and the University of Notre Dame. At one point in his life, he went to an organization called Daybreak, where, he was a where it was a community of ministries to disabled people, and where there he was their pastor. Like all of us, he struggled with personal issues that created personal pain. 
His work schedule caused him to travel a lot and be very busy and never really stop to deal with the pain. But when Henry arrived at daybreak, he witnessed the enormous suffering of the mentally and physically handicapped persons living there. He came gradually to see his painful problems in a very new light. He realized that they formed part of a much larger suffering, and he found that through this insight, new energy to live amid his own hardships and pain. He realized that the healing began with taking our pain out of its diabolical isolation and seeing, it, seeing that whatever we suffer, we suffer in communion with all of humanity and, yes, all of creation. In so doing, we become participants in the great battle against the powers of darkness. Our little lies participate in something much larger. The question becomes, how do we make this shift from evading our pain to asking God to redeem and make good use of it. As I was reading from this, from Henry, I realized that many times the interruptions in our lives are about God reaching out to us and using those issues to face and help others. Through helping others, we see our suffering from a different light and find that we are being helped at the same time. One of the quotes that Henry used from a fellow professor at Notre Dame was, my whole life I have been complaining that my work was constantly interrupted until I slowly discovered that my interruptions were my work. The Bible is full of moments where God changes someone's lives through a major interruption. Can you imagine the possibility that God could give us a gift wrapped up as an interruption? In an article in the L.A. Times about Henry, it gave several examples of Henry's point. One was the scripture we just talked about. Next, it was on the road to Emmaus. A couple of the disciples had their well-planned grief interrupted by a stranger who happened to be the risen Christ in disguise, and their eyes were opened. On the road to Damascus, Saul's mission was to persecute the early Christians, was interrupted by a sudden bolt of lightning which caused a curious change of attitude, a change of heart, and a name change. What the world calls interruptions become, in a moment of grace, an epiphany that leads us to the heart and mind of God. Think about the times we tell a loved one, a friend, or a child, wait a minute and we'll do whatever it is. Sometimes a child watches the clock to see the time move, and in a minute, they're ready for us to go do what we said we would do. What if God is watching the clock, waiting for us to slow down and take notice, to stop and maybe smell the roses? God is waiting for that moment where we will notice the things around us, waiting for that right time, the time of our life. We get caught up in doing and sometimes forget why we do things. I've kept my life very busy over the last 30 years and would tell Carla, don't worry, it'll slow down someday soon. She has been watching the clock for all these years, just as God has done. I need to be the one that takes a step back to smell the roses, to find out what plans God has for me, not just what I want. 
If we think back to the article in the L.A. Times, the heading was, God reveals himself in life's interruptions. Are we listening to what God wants us to hear? Are we seeing God in the interruptions? I'll admit, I don't always, but we're going to try to do better. I know I need to be a better listener in life and to God. Isn't it great that Jesus does not stop meeting us in our interruptions? No matter how many times we miss an opportunity, or how many opportunities we miss, he still pursues us. He never gives up on us, even when we give up on him. Not seven times, not 70 times, not 700 times. God's grace is always available for each one of us to receive. With faith comes grace. I, like each one of you, are a product of God's grace. Please bow with me in prayer. My God, my Savior, open our eyes that we might see the interruptions each day as a blessing from you, that we might see the opportunities each interruption brings to be a part of the body of Christ. Use these interruptions as a way to be closer to you and follow in the path that you have prepared for us. I pray this in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.